if you're an entrepreneur or if you're just someone who wants to be in business, you have to be good at sales, period. You just have to. It's a requirement. Because once you can sell, you can always generate income and you can sell yourself and then you can sell your team, right? So, and in no way do I mean any dishonesty. I think the thing that made me good at sales is I was so genuine. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 15 of the Jason Juliet podcast, where we talk to real people about the experiences that have shaped their perspective and try to take away some lessons that we can all learn from. Just a little housekeeping before I get started. The conversation for episode number 15 marks the final episode of my first tour. So I won't really get into the details here, but I will be releasing a short recap with some fun stories and takeaways from that summer on the road. Uh, that being said, my guest today is Mr. Josh McRae. Josh and I sat down in his hometown of Denver, Colorado, and discussed his past, what inspired him to become a bodybuilder, transitioning into training and starting his own business, and his current project, The Entrepreneur's Journey. As we cover, I was once a member of The Entrepreneur's Journey, and it, as well as Josh himself, were very pivotal in my entire decision to start this show. So I owe him and his entire team over there a huge debt of gratitude. And along that line, if you or someone you know is thinking about starting your own business or, or already has one, this is a great episode with a lot of advice from someone who's really been there and continues to be successful at it. So with that, I give you my guest for episode number 15 of the Jason Juliet podcast, Mr. Joshua J. McRae. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jason Julia podcast, and I have a very special guest today, Mr. Joshua McRae, who is also, we're probably going to do a dual release here kind of thing, and so we're also doing this for, would you call it Jay McRae Fitness, The Entrepreneur's Journey? You wear a lot of hats. Which one do we want Entrepreneur's go? Journey, baby. There you go. Yeah, buddy. So a lot of people uh, out there, especially my fan base, might not know that I was actually part of an online startup for a little bit called The Entrepreneur's Journey, and Mr. Joshua McRae over here was the guy that got me involved in that, and uh, that's how we met. Yeah, buddy. It's been a lot of traveling, but we're here in Denver, finally got a chance to sit down with you and talk to you, and it's been a couple of months since I've done anything with The Entrepreneur's Journey. I had to step away to do the podcast. How have things been going, man? Man, it's been going really good, man, and and thanks for having me, Jason. Absolutely, I really appreciate man. it, man. Anytime. I'm really excited to be on this podcast, actually, man. It's really cool. Got the radio voice with the smooth sounds of Jason Juliet. But oh, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. As far as the entrepreneur's journeys goes, it's been doing really well, man. We've all missed you there. We've been um, we've been getting some really cool interviews lately. So we've been taking our interview game up to the next level. Nice, so. nice. Even some of the names that that we talked to and stuff when we were uh when when I was still in it were incredible and then watching you guys online seeing you guys grow all the stuff that you guys have going on it, it's really kind of cool so for those who don't know what is the entrepreneur's journey sure so the entrepreneur's journey is a place where actually I can talk about how it started if that's yeah man go yeah. for it of course so I've always been on this personal development, um, self-growth path by myself forever. And to be honest, I didn't even know that there was other people like me out there. So <laughs> yep, I, I can relate. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I was just like, well, there has to be some more, but nobody I know 
at all is there so i'm like i i gotta find more people to get around that is has similar interests because the five people you hang around the most you know and um so i started looking for people online and i was like hey let's just make a mastermind group with a bunch of awesome uh, people that are some high level thinkers and maybe if i can find some people that's much smarter and more talented than me then that can help me grow myself as well and so what happens is uh, what happened next was i just started looking online and i'm a big fan of Tom Bilyeu from Impact Theory. He's kind of my main mentor, online mentor, I'd say. Um, not that I know him personally, but I consume all his content. Right. Inspiring guy for sure. Yes. Yes. I love Tom Bilyeu and um, you do too. Uh, yeah. He's out. Uh, for those that don't know, he's actually has a show called Impact Theory, which is, I mean, you can get that. There's videos on YouTube. There's He, he does it as a podcast as well, Impact Theory podcast. But just a lot of stuff that Josh is speaking to now about trying to develop yourself, trying to make yourself better, trying to get a little bit further ahead in life and be more successful, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great show. Yes, I highly recommend it. And the reason I like Impact Theory so much is because I believe if you're going to find a mentor, you should really pick one or two, just a few that you really model after. And he aligns so well with my with my values and my mind state and things like that. So I picked him because I wanted to find people on his uh, Facebook page for the Impact Theory League. And right. the way I found Jason is I, I wanted to find the people that are obsessed with personal development like me. So I looked for people who left comments um, and reviews. And and I just wrote everybody on there <laughs> that left reviews. <laughs> so and, and I remember that. And that was literally, I was at home. I was like studying for a n nursing exam or something like that. And I opened up my laptop and there was this message from Josh McRae. And it was like, hey man, I saw that you were on the impact theory league facebook page you made some comments that really like you sound like an expiring guy like you might be interested in getting together more like-minded people exactly like what you just said and i told you guys this online but it's a funny story is i actually started typing this big reply about how i couldn't really do it right now i had too much going on i didn't have enough time excuse 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 and i literally just highlighted it all hit delete and i typed Sure, man. What time? <laughs> and so awesome. it goes. And so it goes. And that's literally how I got involved with you guys was just that email. And you guys brought me in. And you guys were so influential about me starting this podcast. And, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is to thank you because I had a lot of fear about really putting stuff out there. And, you know, I've talked about that with some of my other guests before. That can be such a big roadblock. And it was when I got involved with you, with the Entrepreneur's Journey, JP, Katie, Daniel, like all those guys. And it was like, these people are just taking action. Like they have these ideas and they're out there and they're trying to learn and do it. And if they fail, they're getting themselves up, they're dusting themselves off and they're going for it again. And that was what really inspired me to start the podcast. I mean, I think I bought my equipment to do the podcast the next week. And, and, and you, yes. so I just wanted to say thank you. I had to tell that story because that's, that was a big catalyst for me starting this whole thing was just getting over the fear. And it took finding other people like me, like you said, looking for other people interested in growth to do it. So thank you. It was huge. So the My entrepreneur's pleasure, journey has already began helping entrepreneurs because, <laughs> dude, it was the exact thing that 
that I really needed to to start taking my business forward and to start moving forward with this. And it came from you guys. So thanks, man. That's awesome, man. No, my pleasure, man. And um, look at you now, man. You're on tour. <laughs> You're uh, you got a, a beautiful site, and uh, you got some good interviews. It sounds like. So I'm very excited for this, man. So I'm proud of you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thank you. So before you started the entrepreneur's journey, this is something I wanted to talk to you about as well. Bodybuilding was your thing. You were a professional bodybuilder for a long time and then eventually transitioned into being a trainer, um, which is primarily what you do now through Jay McRae Fitness. What was it that first got you into bodybuilding? Well, you know, it's interesting because I feel like bodybuilding attracts people with... um, probably physical insecurities, but I feel like everybody has those to an extent, right? Right. But it also attracts that, I think, combined with um, high achievers and people that are looking to really, they don't believe in balance, let's say, because there is no balance in (laughs) bodybuilding. Turning everything to 11. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, And so I, I think subconsciously, I think I started bodybuilding because I remember being really, I was so skinny my whole life. I graduated high school weighing 123 pounds and I'm 5'10". So I think subconsciously, um, I remember my girlfriend used to be like, hey, I'm bigger than you. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, I don't think, I don't feel like it bothered me, but I think it kind of did subconsciously. And so then I was like, I want to lift weights and get some muscle. But then I'm such an extremist. I was like, I don't want to just look okay i want to compete versus the best guys in the nation and i want to look like a magazine cover one day um and i think that recipe was perfect for someone that's high energy like me that that needs things to use their energy through right so it was just the perfect storm of like a little bit insecure but taking everything to the extreme and then yes just becoming interested in this new thing but you were clearly very successful at it you won a lot of comp. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. I, I remember when I came in here, I was like, what are all these trophies? And you're like, oh, those are my bodybuilding competitions. I was like, what? <laughs> like, you, you Seriously? I, I just, I didn't realize how seriously you had done it. But talk to me about going from, okay, I'm going to lift weights to now you're competing on stage with other professional bodybuilders. I mean, that's got to be a hell of a transformation. Yeah, it, it really was, man. And with my genetics, I, I was one of those people that said, like every other skinny person, is like, uh, I eat so much food, but I can't gain weight. Um, but you can always out eat your metabolism, always. And so I just started eating insane amounts of food. But to to be successful in the sport, you have to track and weigh and measure every single thing you put in your body. It's a 24-7 sport. So um, what happened was I was like, I want to take this to the next level. And I want to... Um, just because I got the bug, I've I've always worked out um, really since I was about 11 or 10 years old with one of my clients, Marcus Henderson. He's actually going for his pro card. You can find him on Instagram at Hybrid Performance Training, I believe. And that was a uh, mentor of yours? We were best friends. Okay. Yeah. So we grew up together since we were about 10 and we oh. started working out together when we were like 10, 11. So when I graduated wow. at 123 pounds, I was already working out for seven years or something crazy. <laughs> so so what, what was the big change that you finally figured out that, cause seven years mm-hmm. still weren't gaining weight at, at a certain point, like I've seen the pictures, like you gained weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually got up to about 220, 225 or something was my, my biggest. 220, 225. What percentage body fat? 
probably around seven, somewhere around there. Yeah. From 125, yeah. five ten. <laughs> five foot ten inches, 125, and then you went to two. So you basically put on 100 pounds of pure muscle. Yeah, yeah, over 100. If, if my math is correct here, yeah. give, or t- like, uh, give or take a couple pounds, mm-hmm. you put on 100 pounds of pure muscle. Yeah. How does that happen? You know, there's two things I found. So back then when I was in high school, we didn't have the internet because I'm old. <laughs> I, I, I remember that well, yeah, very yeah. well. I'm 33, <laughs> but back then, yeah, we didn't have internet. So I had no guidance, right? So I had to just figure everything out on my own. And I did not know the two things is that one, I, I honestly didn't know you have to eat a lot of food. I just didn't know. I was drinking protein shakes every day and I took creatine. Um, back then it was brand new. It just came out. I remember when creatine came out. (laughs) It was a big thing. Everybody wanted to do. Huge. And so I started, I thought I was eating a lot of food, but when I tracked it, I realized I was only eating like 1600 calories a day. And I thought I was stuffed because I was eating healthy foods. Yeah. I thought to build muscle, you eat healthy foods, but it's more calorie dependent than right. clean food. You need dependent. the building blocks. Yes. And so, and then the second thing I noticed was I was lifting so heavy. So when I weighed at 123, I still had the record in my high school. I bench pressed like 275 or something then. What? Yeah. And and I actually got up to bench pressing around like 460, I think. And at the height of your, like when you were 225 at the height of your bodybuilding? Actually you before that, which is the most ironic, interesting part. Because I was getting so strong, but I only weighed, even when I was bench pressing like 460, I was probably only weighing like 140 pounds, maybe 150 tops. And so it's crazy, right? Like I'd be at the gym and everybody be laughing when I put on the waist. They're like, what is this guy doing? And then they see me lift and they're like, holy crap, what is, Jeez. what's going on? So it's confusing, right? I, yeah, I've, I've been around some guys like that before. There was a guy, Donnie Fulmer, that was always, uh, he was a big wrestler back in my high school and then taught wrestling, but he was about five foot three or four and he was big. But he was just small, and he would do the exact same thing. He'd walk over to the bar, put, you know, he'd have like four plates on each side, yeah. which is 405 pounds. And you're just looking over there like, there's no way, like, I don't know if this guy can leg press that. And then he just jumps on there, and he's like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So it can happen. I know there's people that can do it, but yeah, well, it's rare. Well, because the thing I learned was strength doesn't equate to building muscle. So the, the turning point for me when I really started growing was I went down to one plate on each side, so just 135 pounds, and I focused on squeezing as hard as humanly possible every single rep. And that way I'm not just lifting the weight from A to B, but I'm I'm working the muscle and contracting it. That changed the game for me. Okay. And so then you started to get big, you started competing, and you started winning. Yeah, yeah. And and so – when was it when you started winning these competitions that you said, hey, I should be teaching other people how to do this stuff because I'm clearly doing something right. <laughs> and so Jay McCray Fitness is born. But like, how did that all spark? Great question, man. So really what happened was uh, my first show, I went in and I got crushed dead last. I had to get dead last somewhere. So I just got crushed. But that inspired me. That turned something in me because I realized I was like, these guys aren't smarter than me and better than me. So I'm just like, 
I can beat these guys. And so I came back my next show and, and then I played second and then I started winning every show pretty much after that. And once I started getting in the ranks and, and competing and knocking out some of these, these really good guys that's been around, um, my best friend Marcus that I mentioned earlier, he's like, hey man, you should coach me for my show. And I said, well, I don't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, just like, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, um, and, and I just didn't have interest in it. Um, I was working at a nutrition company at that time as a nutritionist. But so I was like, well, I do know about nutrition. I do know a lot. I was a master level personal trainer. Um, I've worked at a lot of gyms prior to this and, and I did my own show. So I was like, fine, man, but it's, it's your risk. I'm going to give it a shot. You know, I didn't know. Right. You, you didn't have a clientele mm -hmm. or like a portfolio of people that you had worked with at that point. It was just like, I have this experience, but I've never done this before. And so buyer beware. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, yeah. and, and I was like, dude, I'm not going to charge you any money. Like, let's give it a shot. And so we gave it a shot and me and him competed in the same show and he's way bigger than me. If you Google this guy, he's a monster. Uh, Marcus Henderson uh, from Aurora, Colorado. You can find him somewhere right there. But um, so he's 70 more pounds of muscle than me at this time. And I actually ended up beating him in that show. But I placed first and he placed second. Wow. Yeah. For his from, first from back when you guys were 10 and 11 yeah. years old, 125 pounds on stage together, getting first and second in a yes. bodybuilding competition. And that's one thing I just want to mention real quick in passing. A lot of people I didn't realize until I met you that you can win these comp. It's not necessarily about like weighing the most or being the absolute biggest. It's about the physique. Am I correct? Yes. In that? Yes. So, so you can be smaller and win to an extent and win, but it's the physique. Yes, a hundred percent right. Yeah, especially in the men's physique division where you still need a good amount. Yeah, of muscle. you got to be big, obviously. Yeah, but what's more important is your if you have a small waist, if your symmetry is good, you got a nice V taper. Um, you got and everything has to be balanced. So, for example, people think of the tricep is one muscle. It's tri. It's really three muscles. Yeah. So all three parts of the muscle need to be even and symmetrical. Bicep is two. So bi for two. So two parts of your bicep need to look even. And then everything from top to bottom needs to look good. So you can't just, if someone looks at you and is like, hey, that guy got a big chest, then that means you're not going to do well because your chest is out of portion compared to the rest of your body. Oh, yeah. see, I didn't know any of that stuff. Like yeah. th this is sort of fascinating hearing you say because it's, uh, it, it, I guess like most people, people you know you see it on television and you're like oh these guys are just huge yeah they just yeah. but you don't really analyze the way the judges are like really okay i'm making sure that physically this person is as close to perfection and symmetry as the human body can get that's the real competition yes oh and there's more actually because the other part is you need to be symmetrical from left to right because everybody has a dominant side that grows quicker right and then the other thing is posing so oh yeah yeah honestly right. that that show i was just talking about the first show i don't I'm, that might have been the first show i won i think there's few guys better than me i was definitely the smallest guy but i think my posing is what helped me beat it because you need to find poses that make you look better than you are. It's all about illusion and bodybuilding. So I probably looked as big as Marcus, but he was 70 pounds, 75 pounds bigger than me. Wow. Yeah. So where did you learn how to do all the posing? Was that the, who was your mentor to teach you all that? I mean, that, that clearly is an important skill in that. Yeah. Um, I actually had a coach at that time named Jason Allen um, Robinson, and um, he was at Armburst Gym. 
And um, we did posing at the Armbrust Gym. They got uh, Phil Heath, Mr. Olympia, the best bodybuilder in the world, eight times in a row now. Maybe not. He's going on nine, I think, this Jeez. year. He works out there. And it's just a really high-level gym for all the best guys in the It's in the so world. crazy. I can definitely back that up because my Lyft driver over here was talking to me about that gym. I was yeah. like, oh, I've never. <laughs> because I told him, I'm, I'm interviewing my friend Josh. And he, you know, he used to be a bodybuilder. Now he's doing And I was telling him about you. And he's like, oh, I guarantee he knows all the people over at Armbrust. Yeah. So I know that Armburst Gym for sure is like a, a, a great spot. So it's just sort of a funny story that, that you're mentioning them now. That's the second time I've heard about them in Denver today from two completely different people. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, interesting. Our bodybuilding's a, a interesting, humbling sport because that's what I love so much about it. You'll never be satisfied, but. As soon as you, you're the man and you're the biggest person in the world at your 24-hour fitness gym or whatever, just go to Armburst and then that will humble you real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt like I didn't even lift when I went there, even wow. though I was winning shows. So, yeah, wow. yeah, it's very competitive. Dylan Armburst is the owner and uh, he's, he's a beast too. So when you got started with this, you said something that I really want to emphasize is that you didn't know exactly how to become a trainer. Like you had experience in this field doing all these different things from nutrition to bodybuilding to everything else, but you'd never really went out there and been a personal trainer as, as someone that was coaching for a bodybuilding competition. And you said, I did the first one for free. And I think that that is something that people need to recognize is that, yes, if you're good at something, eventually you need to make money doing it, but you have to build a portfolio. I think one of the things that sets so many people back is that they're scared to go out there and just do a couple Right. And say, listen, I'm not going to charge you a dime for this. I'm going to put in all this work. But in return, I get the experience of doing something for the first time, which is an incredible learning experience. And then you also get the feedback of anything you fail at. Now you know how to do for next time. And so then next time you can do a free one and say, I know a little bit better about what I'm doing, get better. Then you can start charging. You know, that yeah. seems to be like a good model. And, and that's something that you've done with a few of your businesses. And that's something that I really took away from you. And so would I be correct in assuming that that was one of the ways that you were able to launch this personal training business is by doing some for free and building a clientele that put your name out there? That's actually, yeah, I think this is big for everybody to know because that's exactly what happened. So what happened was I worked with Marcus, I got him in shape and he looked really, really good. But then I did three other people for absolute free. And once I did that, then all I did, I wasn't planning on growing it, turning into a business. I just posted their transformation pics on, on my Instagram and then it just blew up. Like everybody and their Jeez. mom's asking me to coach them. And then I started charging um, just $100 at that time to start. And then I just kept going up from there as my clientele grew. And then now I got to the point where I have a lot of B and C list celebrities. Um, I have a lot of um, high profile CEOs or billionaires and, and things like that. So, wow. Yeah. And I guess, and that actually, that works out because I remember that when you get in touch with these people, we were talking about surrounding yourself with good people before, and now you're surrounding yourself with other entrepreneurs and other successful people. And when you started becoming successful doing that business, you are a serial entrepreneur. What was the, what was the catalyst to say, okay, now I want to start this business and now I want to start that business. When did you start branching out from the personal training and the bodybuilding world? Good question. So I'm just an extremist and I need a lot of stimulation. And so okay. I like to really try to dominate something before I, I leave it. 
And as far as Jay McCray Fitness, that was like kind of like the taste of blood for a shark because I was like, this is like really fun and I bet you I can do more stuff and do well in. And so then I started, um, I started trying to think, okay, well, if it's this easy to make money online, obviously you have to develop the skills, but once you have a skill set, it's very easy to make money. And, or maybe even another way to put it would be the internet is such an amazing tool for making money yes. if you have the skill set, yes. which, which you did. You yes. had the skill set, the and, and at that point, the experience. You'd started to gain up and, and gain clientele and yeah. start to realize I can use the internet to make a lot of money and to be successful and to help people and to change people's lives for the better. Yeah, yeah, because I, what I love so much about it was I'm a type of person, my highest value is freedom. And so I can work my own hours. I can work online. I don't have to leave my home and I can still bodybuild. So the idea at that time was I can focus on building my physique because you have to cook a lot and things like that. And I can still work from home and do everything from home. So it, it totally made sense to me. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so then after that, we just started, I started building um, other small companies and had a lot of failures and, and some successes, but... Um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Dude, so talk to me about Jay McCray Fitness and expanding. Now, we were talking a little bit off, off air here before we started, and you said that your team at Jay McCray Fitness has recently doubled. Yes. So you and now, instead of about 20 people you have working for you, you said that you're up to around 40. Yes, yes. So what does that look like? Like, you're in charge of 40 people right now, and this is a lot of this is online, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, um... Pretty much all of it is online, um, wow. besides my partnerships with gyms. But I still do online. Right? Okay. So, um, but I have partnerships with people who train in in person. But I don't necessarily do that too much. I okay. do it because it's fun. Right. Um, but the still like to keep your feet on the ground. Yeah. Get exactly. the pulse of the pulse of the nation there. <laughs> yeah, because I actually think it's much smarter and easier. You can change people's physiques better online than you can in person because it's all about the diet and then the amount of cardio that you change and change in the programs and the, the workouts and things like that. Right. Yeah. So um yeah, so sorry. Did that kind of I can't remember the question all the way. So expanding from 20 to 40 people was the just just really scaling up like you realize you can make money online but then you were like, "Wait a minute, I could just really grow this." Yes. Okay, this is great. I think um people's going to get a lot of value from this because for me, I've been in sales my whole life, okay? And I have always been scared of people, social anxiety, always, right? Until probably six, seven years ago. Um, and sales is what got me out of the social anxiety, but- Okay, I was just gonna ask, like, what, what, what did that change? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was basically being forced to do it. Yes, and well, the thing was I got early wins, I think, in sales, because I was always confused. I'm like, why are, they, why are they buying from me? I didn't even say anything right. And they're just like, okay. Uh, so 24 Hour Fitness was my- <laughs> Actually, I started telemarketing at 15. I've been on my own since about that age, um, somewhere around there. And um, and I started telemarketing because it was paying $12 an hour plus commission. And back then, that was a lot of money. That's um, not bad. Yeah. yeah. So I was I was making over $20 an hour as a 15-year-old, as a little kid. That's right? a lot for a 15-year-old, yeah. to be realistic. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. a lot. I wasn't making that at 15. I think I was... 
I was thinking, I, I think my grandpa paid me $5 an hour to like mix concrete and chop wood and yeah, stuff like that. that. Was I think that, 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 that was pretty too. much about what I was doing. I wasn't yeah. making 20 bucks an hour doing sales. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Well, and gas prices, I think were like a dollar a gallon at that time. I remember when it was yeah. 99 cents. Yeah. Was, oh, okay. We're, just, we're way off track. <laughs> now we just sound like two old guys. Like, uh, well, back when I was a kid. Right. Right. No, but so you're scaling this now and yeah. So, so the sales you said got you over the hump yes, of, okay. of the social anxiety. Yes, okay. So this is going to be helpful for people because the very first thing you're doing, you need to, if you're an entrepreneur or if you're just someone who wants to be in business, you have to be good at sales, period. You just have to. It's a requirement. Because once you can sell, you can always generate income and you can sell yourself and then you can sell your team, right? So, and in no way do I mean any dishonesty. I think the thing that made me good at sales is I was so genuine always. And that is such an important distinction. And I could have an entire, we could have a podcast about that, about yeah. selling yourself as a genuine person yes. versus I want people to buy this and I want to manipulate people to get them to spend money so I can grow my, you know, it, it wasn't about that. But the integrity of it and, and just being honest. I mean, dude, that's that's what brought me into this thing. I was like, this Josh guy, he just he's not lying. He's not like he doesn't seem to have an angle. He's just, you know, genuinely trying to get better and just trying to do these things. And, and he's been successful so far because of being genuine and, and, and acting with some integrity. So I think that that goes a long way. I had to emphasize that point. Yeah, no, I think that's that's important. And I think that's the only way to be sustainable in sales. And it's the only way to really get energy from doing sales because you're going to lose energy if you don't feel good about yourself. Yeah, and what you're doing. like if you can't sleep well at night. I mean, some yeah. people pull it off, but I mean, how happy are they really? Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the, the sustainability. Like yeah. people are going to figure out eventually, like ah, I'm sort of pulling the wool over over this guy's yeah. eyes and I sort of did this person wrong and I sort of that business deal was shady. It's like everybody starts to know eventually like, hey, let's not do business with this person. So that that model can't sustain. Exactly. So once you figured that out mm -hmm. and you got all of that value from sales was. Yeah. So what I did immediately with Jay McCray Fitness, the very first thing I started scaling was the sales department. That's why I brought that up. Okay. Because sales one, you always need revenue. So the first thing anyone should scale in their business is sales, period. You need the revenue to pay the other employees and to pay the other departments. Right. It's um, the first thing that has to grow. It, it is. And if you don't have sales, you don't have a business. You know, if you're living off referrals, then it's... It's kind of just a hobby, and it's it's not really serious, in my opinion. Interesting, know? and yeah. th that's actually that's good to know too, because you know this, I am at the very beginning stage. I'm so much, <laughs> I'm very beginning compared to you, but it, it's thinking about things like that, like how do I want to model my business? What kind right. of business plan do I want to draw up? Where's our, you know, what are our different revenue streams, and how am I going to balance that between getting new people to come onto the team and you know the output of what's going to you know what we're going to have to spend to go on tour and stuff like that. So it's. It's it's a lot of um, it's a lot of not knowing exactly what to do. So it's actually interesting to hear you say that the first thing that you should really focus on is sales. Yeah, even in your podcast, man. Um, yeah. I think one of the first places to expand, if you wanted, would be a strategic sales partner. Um, so to get somebody to sell the podcast to get really good guests on to sell just for anybody who has a podcast um, or <laughs> um, or just to, to sell to get some revenue for while you're traveling. Um, they can set up uh, maybe a 
open mic thing or something yeah. you know just it's good to have people who are good in sales and get a team behind you you got to be able to sell to get a team behind you so speaking of a good team and sales and everything else how's the entrepreneur's journey doing like i got i gotta ask about that i mean that's that place it's always going to hold such a special place for me you know i mean that was the first real get out there and get your feet wet you know what i mean and it dude i just learned so much so i got to know how those guys are doing how, how's the whole thing man doing? How's it going? i love the entrepreneur's journey shout out to the entrepreneur's journey yeah uh, please, please, <laughs> likewise likewise if any of you guys are listening uh hello to all you guys i miss you all dearly and and i wish nothing but the best for all you guys yes um man you know what i think is we got kind of lucky and kind of from me recruiting so hard um, where we got some really good people. Yeah. Yeah. We really did. Yeah. Yeah. So JP's like my right hand man because um, I'm more of the visionary. Um, he's more of the details. And every business needs that balance. They need the two pieces. Um, so that's important. In all my businesses, I have somebody like JP. But then we got like Roberts, um, which is an amazing video guy. He's been growing and evolving um, a lot. Um, we've been kind of pushing him a little bit and he grows really fast and he's working possibly harder than all of us, to be honest. He's working a lot. Um, and then Katie's been awesome. She's she's the perfect female balance. She's a lot like me. Um, I feel like she's more of a female version of me, but she's awesome, too. <laughs> yeah. And then Amy. Amy's oh, really right, good. Amy's yeah. Amy's been she's she's really helping with the psychology aspects right. and developing um just digging into our subconscious and um, if pulling out what's important and what we should focus on and things like that. Wow. Yeah. So um, everybody, Daniel Breeze has been great. Um, just everybody. We have a we have an awesome team and everybody's passionate about it. And that's what I love the most. And I mean, it's here's how it's evident. Like to me, I reached out to you to come on this show because the entrepreneur's journey was such an impact on me that I was like, I need to go and I need to talk to Josh for this. And no pun intended with the impact, Mr. Daniel Breeze, who is, uh, he runs the Impact Theory League, uh, like the fan group in Toronto, Toronto, does he not? Yeah. I texted him the other day and I was like, uh, just so you know, you're definitely going to have to do my podcast and uh, I'm coming to Toronto and you don't have an option. And I told JP, I don't have plans to get overseas at the moment, but if I do, you are required to be on the podcast 100%. And then, I mean, Katie, I'm like, I think me and Katie were, we have like plans to go hiking while we're here. I actually need to reach out to her about that. But it's like, I loved you guys. You know what I mean? We spent so much time trying to work on the business and, you know, getting to be friends with each other and like learning our little ticks and how we work and how we work together and how we don't and everything. And it's like, it was a family. Yeah. It, it really, really was. Yeah. And, and I, I developed very strong feelings for all of you guys. Like, and I missed you guys when I left. And this podcast has been great. And it's been a lot of work. And it's been exciting. And I'm learning. But, but I definitely missed you guys because I had to step away to do this. And Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's felt a lot different since you left. Um, you're just kind of like one of the just the core you know just the foundation so yeah anytime you want to come back man you're more than welcome yeah. <laughs> dude if i had a two free minutes to rub together and make an <laughs> out like i'm just so right but believe you me it's i mean hey I'm, I'm always down to pop on when i can to help out in any way i can yeah. surprise people yeah. like there will be some way in the future i'm sure we all end up working together in yeah. one way or another and yeah. 
I, I know it'll pop up. I'm not even stressed about it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're actually in the process now of um, starting to create our merchandise and things like that. So um, maybe when, when you're on tour, we'll give you a bunch of shirts to hand Dude, out. Dude, that, <laughs> yeah, that would, merchandise is another thing I need to think about for this. That's why I might need to pick your brain about that offline. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. So one last thing that I wanted to talk to you about, and uh, this is really important, it sort of ties into the entrepreneur's journey. You said something to me one time that really resonated and um, and it may I don't know if it originated with you because it's it's really so simple and brilliant is that being an entrepreneur is the fastest and best way to learn not just about yourself but about the world about other people yes and one of the things that I always looked up to you for is you figured out how you learn best and then you started learning that way the 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 concept of learning how to learn you know when i when i when i listen to high level people talk and when i listen to people that are extremely successful and that famous last question one piece of advice for people trying to be like you so many of them say figure out how you learn the best and then go learn everything that way everything anything just learn that way and you figured out how you learned the best and that's exactly what you've been doing is just going and learning as much as you can all the time. Like talk yep. to me about that, about learning how to learn, like figuring that out. Yeah, well, so for those that don't know or know me, I did really, really bad in school. And back then we didn't realize until when I got older, we did all these tests and I have most learning disabilities. So <laughs> you say yeah, most, most like that. You've heard of one. They yeah, thought I had me. it. Yeah. <laughs> so um everything from um ADHD, dyslexia and and all that stuff. And I and I remember thinking and processing disorder, something like that. But I remember sitting in class and just wondering why I was so different than everyone and why I couldn't focus like everybody else. I'd I'd be in my own head somewhere. Little did I know that was the best gift I've ever got in life, right? So how I found out how I learn is because I was sitting back thinking about things I've achieved. And I was like, okay, so why did I achieve in music? You know, I'm, I'm a former musician too. And me and my twin, we, we had a pretty good career. So why did I achieve? Oh, because I was oversaturating myself with it 24 seven. Then I was thinking, how did I achieve in let's say bodybuilding? I was like, because that's all I thought about. That's all I listened to. I didn't listen to music. I only listened to some of the brightest thinkers in the industry 24 seven all day. So I learned for me, it's not trying to focus because I don't have the best focus, but I let my subconscious take it all in and so i just kind of sit back and i um i overindulge and i just engulf myself in all the best um, highest value submerged yeah submersion so so you're you're a big proponent of just diving in head first and just really just surrounding yourself by anything and everything about that thing that you're trying to learn yeah so that's a great point so it's not just being totally engulfed by it but every single day a few times a day take some action on it because that's going to teach you quicker than listening to anybody talk about anything and and not to cut you off but that was absolutely the the next thing i was going to say is that you are somebody who constantly talks about your failures in a proud way you're not you don't shy away from it all because you're like i might have failed doing this but let me tell you everything i learned when this didn't work and then the next time you do it all that stuff is there and it's just it works. Yeah. Yeah. I think people put way too much self 
esteem based into failures because pride, pride yeah and it yeah. doesn't make sense because what does thomas edison say he said it wasn't ten thousand failures to create the light bulb but it was uh ten thousand steps to get me closer and there closer you go and closer there you go that's that's how i feel it, it never i have zero fear of failure because i don't see it that way i just know that the more i do the closer i get to my goal and if your ego is not in a way but you really just want the goal then you should want to do that and fail as fast as you can, as often as you can. Because the quicker you get out that out the way, if you can get two years worth of failures out in like two weeks, then man, <laughs> imagine where you'll be at in, in on week three. I'm, I'm working on that right now. I'm actually on week four of uh, three, a, of, uh, a couple years worth of failures. <laughs> all into one. <laughs> Dude, it's been it's been amazing though. Well, listen, man, I think that that's a great stopping point. I want to be respectful of your time. We actually in four minutes we have an entrepreneur's journey meeting that you need to be at online. So I'm going to go ahead and close that out now so that you're not late for that. For all of you in the entrepreneur's journey listening, I got them there on time. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Josh, tell everybody where they can find you online, plug your, you know, your Instagram, your Facebook, all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. So uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at J McCray fitness official. That's J just the letter J M C C R A Y um, fitness official. Um, that's probably the best place to reach me. Um, yeah, you're huge on Instagram. You, uh, you're quite good at that. <laughs> you're quite good at the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I think we're somewhere around 25, 26,000 followers, but Jeez. I want to get up to the 100 is my next goal. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me if you texted me one day and you were like, oh, we hit it. I'd be like, oh, I'm shocked. <laughs> like, like yeah, yep, yep. So Jay McCray official. Jay McCray Fitness official. Jay McCray Fitness official. And uh, we'll put some of the other links in the show notes and sure. stuff so people can find you but uh dude until next time thank you so much for having me and uh thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for having me man this was super fun i would love to come back anytime you just let me know the time in the day i'll be there sounds good man all right guys until next time see y'all later and that's it for episode number 15 ladies and gentlemen and that's it for the first tour this was the final conversation of the first season of the Jason Juliet podcast, and I'm going to be putting out a short tour recap, as I mentioned, uh, soon after this. So for now, I simply want to say thanks again to Josh for all he's done to inspire me and really countless others to take action for themselves. And I very much look forward to having him back on the show in the future. And Josh gave me a lot of takeaways, so I want to go over some of these and especially a couple of really big ones at the end. But seek out what's important to you. You know, it's not going to fall on your lap. If you want to become great at something, find others who are great. Um, if you have a business, make sure that your eyes are on your sales and how you can constantly be improving it. And don't forget that a partner might be just what you need. As Josh pointed out, that in every one of his businesses, he has a partner who is the ebb to his flow. Josh is admittedly a very vision-oriented guy, so he looks for people that are detail-oriented, that can fill in the gaps that, that he himself can't, can't cover. So don't be afraid to find one and don't be afraid to do something for free. You know, don't forget you'll gain experience and the customer gets a freebie. So nobody really loses. Start charging when you get the jitters out. And that actually leads nicely into the number two lesson, in my opinion, which is really to have no fear of failure. Josh constantly credits his successes over and over to his failures. And he constantly references them as the learning experience and the building blocks for his success. So finally and simply, Learn how to learn, you know, figure out how you go from knowing nothing about something to having a working understanding as quickly and as efficiently as possible. 
You know, life has become more complex to navigate than our ancestors could have ever imagined. And we have to learn as much as we possibly can and as quickly as we can. And, you know, I could go on because Josh has been inspirational to me, but I'll stop there for the last episode of the first tour. So please check out JasonJuliet.com for the latest updates. Thank you to all of my guests and my hosts from the first season. Thank you to all of you out there who decided to keep tuning in. And, you know, it's a cliche saying, but, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I really could not do this without the support of all of you. So thank you all very much. And with that, until next time, I'll see you soon.